Here are 10 tips how to keep your dad horny in the sheets. Welcome to Indecorous Podcast. Indecorous means not in good taste. 9-11 was a gender reveal. <laughs> Indecent. Bunch of lunatics with morbid senses of humor. Immoral. You don't have the money to bulldoze this building? Just draw Muhammad all over the place. <laughs> Somebody will blow that shit up. Shameless. I let my bush grow because it's kind of one of those lots for love type of situations. Impolite. People always shit fingering, but I'm like, you know what? My fingers always hard. I don't get whiskey fingers. And beyond the pale. What you wearing down on your toes? How do you guys feel about this whole situation in the Suez Canal? I'm for it. Oh, how about you? Very controversial stance that uh, Bobby's taking here. I would also like to know what it's about. Before I'm going to go uh, against it just to be a troll to Bobby. I'm going to go against it. Okay, so Ian is against, Bobby is for it. So I'm assuming then that Bobby is against international trade. Because what's going on is that there's a giant ship that's stuck sideways in the Suez Canal and is backing everybody up. <laughs> so it's like a clogged toilet, basically. Basically, it's kind of like, it reminds me of that scene from the old Austin Powers movie where he has that cart that he's trying to back it out from a hallway. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, I do. Vague, yeah, it's been a while, but yeah. I'd like to see live footage of this situation to see, like, if all the other ships that are piling up behind them on either side are just honking. There is actual footage. I just saw this. We're recording this uh, on the day that it's happening. So God knows by the time it gets released, I don't know if it's even going to be any news. But there's footage somebody recorded from one of the ships that's stuck behind all the other ships. And it's just you just see a line of big ass ships just waiting oh, because this be one so ship is just. So kind of it's not completely sideways it's kind of like diagonal but it's still nobody can get through that shit uh i would be fucking furious and then you get up there and he's just talking to his friend in another ship <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's just playing candy crush yeah <laughs> but yeah this is stalling traffic through the Suez canal which is one of the major canals i mean it might be the second most important canal after the after the what, panama, panama? Canal. Panama yeah. Canal, yeah. That's the other canal that I've heard of. Yeah, that's actually... I'm saying it's the second most important just because I can't think of any other canals. <laughs> it would be kind of funny if the ship was be being steered or whatever by the captain that crashed that Concordia off the coast of Italy oh, yeah. <laughs> a few years ago. He was downgraded to cargo. They couldn't trust him with human lives anymore, but he just fucked this up just as bad on the yeah. the cargo equivalent. Yeah, I was for a second I was afraid you were going to say that the ship might have been piloted by an Asian, which is uh -oh. not, not it's not cool anymore. We can't make fun uh -oh. of Asians anymore. No, uh, not no. not at all. I so, and you know just before this podcast, I was reading an article that said that now is the time for Asian and black solidarity. Um, and I was wishing both races good luck with that. Oh, wow. You're a really good person. I've got a hot take if we're going to go here. Are we going to go here, fellas? No, I said we can't uh, go there. We can't uh, make fun of Asians anymore. They're... No, 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 no. So depending on when this airs, this may be slightly dated. We might have nuclear Armageddon by the time this airs. But Yeah, that's true. It might, it might be okay to make fun of Asians again by the time this airs. So yeah, go ahead. So, so, so to tie this back to presumably what you're referring to and what everyone's referring to, the shooting in Georgia that happened recently, I, I really dislike the way that the media has just kind of went just balls deep on the whole... Asian angle to this 
I mean, truthfully, there was some Asians killed, but that wasn't the motivating factor. And everyone's buried the lead. This should be solidarity for sex workers. This is a dude that shot up some goddamn jack shacks. And it just so happened more of the people in him were Asian. But when they asked the guy, like, hey, why'd you do this? He was like, oh, nothing racial, nothing against Asians. I just have some sexual things going on. And these people just made me mad. There was temptation and I just couldn't handle it. And he pretty much said in plain English, this was a deliberate hit on sex workers. And, and he the media killed some like, of the Johns too, right? Yeah, I think he killed like eight people total. Only like five or six were Asian or something like that. And the thing is, it's very obviously a sex worker related thing. And the media just completely ignored that and went, Hardcore on the Asian angle, which is just fucked up, you know? It, it was kind of interesting because it it did immediately, the first article I think I saw about that shooting had the words white supremacy in it. Yeah. But then this shooting in Boulder, Colorado, which we will never have a shortage of mass shootings to talk about in this country. But <laughs> the one in Colorado, the guy's name is like some 21-year-old kid named like Ahmad Allah Issa something. And I have not heard the words radicalized or fundamentalism yet in an article about it, which I'm not saying that that necessarily is the case. It's just it is kind of interesting when it's OK to not just speculate, but say that something is definitely something and that, you know, yeah, it is kind of interesting. And uh, I think me and Ian are going to get together and do something about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, so, Carlos, you're not invited to this. <laughs> so what's going on behind the scenes For is the media's reasons. <laughs> the media is definitely like aware of the real angle behind this. But they're literally sitting there going, we know this is a sex worker thing. And we instead of coming out and being like, hey, everyone should be pro Jack Shacks. Let's make some bumper stickers, you guys. They're like, uh, let's just go with the Asian story because we don't want to give a green light to sex workers. And I think that this would be a good time to shit on evangelical Christians and purity culture because they're the ones that created this monster yeah. by saying that women and their vaginas are the ones that own the sexual temptation. They're the reason that this kind of thing happens. It's their fault, not the guy with the gun. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's fucking ridiculous. But let's not have that conversation. Instead, let's just talk about anti-Asian rhetoric going on so everyone can... I mean, that's, what, that's the decision that the media made. Even well, John Oliver did his segment on that shit. It's, I mean, it's kind of hot right now, you know? Oh, it's, I mean, that's a, a more interesting man. article to a lot of people. Nobody's going to... It's disappointing, man, because, you know, our hearts are with the slags and the lot lizards and the fucking people doing the tug jobs. I mean, that's, that's where my heart's at. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think it's basically... Well, I mean, I, I think he said it himself that he that was his aim was to hurt sex workers. It's just that... Most jack shacks and jack shacks massage are Asian parlors massage are Asian. It's kind of like yeah. if a dude was somehow got really angry at people that did manicures and pedicures, and then he just shot a bunch of Vietnamese people. Yeah. And it's like, it's not that he hates Vietnamese people. It's just they're like, ah, they're all Vietnamese, man. I couldn't, if there were any Arabic people doing nails, I would have shot them too. Yeah, it's one of those deals yeah. where correlation is not causation in this case. Well, the, the thing is, the guy, what really made it worse was the sheriff or whatever it was saying, they're like, yeah, he just had a bad day. And I was like, yeah, that's kind of, <laughs> you know, he might have said that, but that's a bit of an insensitive way of yeah. putting it. You yeah, know? we made him a cup of hot cocoa and he's feeling a little bit better. We're going to talk about it in the morning, though. Yeah, he says he's feeling better, so we're just going to let him go. I don't yeah, think I he's going to be, I think he got it out of his system. He did apologize. You don't want to ruin the guy's life over just one mass shooting, you know? Right, right. 
I guess if there is one silver lining to this whole thing is that it looks like uh, we're getting back to normal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, our numbers were embarrassingly low last year. Everything's opening back up. We get shootings again. Welcome to episode 82 of Indecorous Comedy. This is episode 32 of season 2. Indecorous Comedy is a reprehensibly distinguished educational comedy show. Either the smartest lowbrow or dirtiest highbrow podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Carlos Valencia. Here on the X-axis, we have Bobby D. Yo. And on the Y-axis is Ian. Plotting graphs for fun. That's right. Today, we'll be answering listener questions, talking about indecorous news. We'll be diving deep into the indecorous history of unlucky lottery winners. And we'll close it all out with indecorous Oklahoma state laws. But before we get into any of that, let's welcome our guest today, Mr. Chesney Goodson. Chesney, how you doing, sir? I'm all right, man. How y'all doing? I'm doing all right, man. Good, it's good to man. hear you. Like, good. we talked a little bit before we started the show, but you're out in the uh, Asheville area now, right? Yep, I'm out up here in the mountains of Ashy Asheville. <laughs> how, how is it up that way, dude? That's uh, For the people that don't know, Asheville's kind of like this little island in North Carolina that's kind of different from the rest of the state. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's so different, but it's so familiar at the same time. Right. I mean, like... Asheville is his, it's his own little world, but it's like I came here thinking it was going to be like a black dude utopia. Like, I'd be like rare, and people would be like, oh my gosh, let's be really nice to that dude. But because I'm so rare, it's just the same stuff. <laughs> like, yeah. It's still, it's, just, it's a different type of racist. <laughs> you can tolerate these racists. <laughs> <laughs> it's more like racist light. Yeah, it's racist light. It's um, rolling rock of racism is what it is here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, we like to open the show with questions sent from our millions of listeners around the world. We accept all questions, but we rarely have an answer for any of them. The first question is always, where do I send questions? And that is to indecorouscomedy at gmail.com or through our social media. You can hit us up on Facebook, Instagram at indecorouscomedy, Twitter at indecorouspod, Patreon, at a decorous comedy or them shits.com, right? We still got that, right, Bobby? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I haven't, uh, uh, I haven't you know, not paid the bill yet. But we should still tell the people. How do you spell indecorous, Bobby? It's I-N-D-E-C-O-R-O-U-S. Very good. Right, there's our first question. This comes from Terry. Very but, important. Is it Terry with an I or Terry with a Y? <laughs> it's with an I. It's with okay. an I. So, Terry with an I asks, if you were going to live stream gaming, what game would you live stream? And now, there's the thing, is like, I don't really play video games that often, not now, not not at this point in my life, but what I have been doing, and I'm going to use this to plug my shit, is I've been playing poker on Friday nights with some buddies, (laughs) some comedy buddies, and we've been live streaming it on Twitch. Now, why anybody would want to watch a bunch of drunks play poker is beyond me, but I don't never really understood the concept of watching anybody else play video games. So yeah. I was like, yeah, fuck it. Why not? If it's not going to cost us any money. So if you guys want to check me out on Friday nights playing poker, go to Twitch and look for Card Sharts. That's what we're calling ourselves. Card okay. Sharts. I see what you did there. Yeah, yeah. So it's C-A-R-D underscore Sharts. Like, you know, like a shit and a fart. Card Sharts. So that's what <laughs> so that's what I do. I just use this question to plug my Friday night Twitch. How about you guys? You guys have any video <laughs> games you guys play or that you would stream? 
it's been a long time since I played video games. So, so what did you would just do like Minesweeper or some shit? Uh, solitaire, maybe <laughs> Solitaire would be a fun one. Uh, I do. <laughs> I don't know about fun one. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Chesney? You do any gaming? Yes, I have. I've gotten too deep into Grand Theft Auto V. Like, it, it was a problem. Like, I was spending real money to have <laughs> fake money in a video game. Like, it was deep like that. <laughs> Grand Theft Five, Grand Theft Auto, um, GTA Five Online, it is, it's worse than heroin, man. I'm serious. Like, it, it has destroyed families. <laughs> it, is, it, it can rip countries apart. I'm, I'm pretty sure of it, man. I've Listen, I've lost family members over that game. My cousin shot me in the back on a drug deal. I, how was well, Jesus? <laughs> Dude, I, I just started playing that literally like two weeks ago, but I'm just playing just a regular game. How is it online? What is it that you fucking do online? Oh, you basically are becoming a kingpin. So you're building your empire. And what's so messed up about it is there's no end point to it. So, like, you just keep buying shit to blow people uh. up. And it's and it becomes addictive because then they buy stuff to blow you up. And <laughs> <laughs> it's just this whole thing going back and forth. It's insane. It's, it is so, it's fun. It's sad. And I'm too old to have been invested in it. But, oh, man. It's something else, yo. But you know what? When you describe it, though, it doesn't sound that far from what real life is like with rich people. Rich people just get rich, and then they just want to make more money so they can have more money. There's no end goal except just making more and more money. And I, I've always had this streak in me where I'm like, I, you know, I want to be the, the good guy. Maybe that's why I'm not good at GTA is that when I drive, I stop at every red light. Because I don't want the cops to stop me, you know what I mean? It's like, I just stole this car. I don't want to attract more attention. So it takes me like two hours to get everywhere because I follow all the traffic rules in GTA. <laughs> I don't want to, I mean, fucking, I just stole a car, dude. I don't want fucking cops on me. <laughs> One crime at a time. Yeah, I don't want to make a right turn on a no right turn place and then it's the end of me. So, okay, so how about you, Ian? You, do you play any games? Do you have yeah. any, what would you stream if you were streaming a video game? Well, see, I, I beat up hookers for sport in real life, so I think it would be a redundancy to play Grand Theft Auto for me. Yeah. And, um, you know, my wife, surprisingly enough, she's into the, all the games where you, like, water the little plants and you feed all the little animals, and yet our plants in the, around the house are always dying. Pets are constantly <laughs> crying and fucking... So I just kind of try to stay the fuck away from video games, because every time I do it, it kind of fucks shit up. All right. Now, here's the thing is when the... COVID hit and it shut down all the sports. NASCAR started doing races online with all the real drivers driving on uh, video game cars. Now, did you find yourself doing more of that online since you couldn't beat up hookers in real life because of COVID? Beating up hookers? <laughs> yeah, he was just harassing people on their OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah. they, they probably yeah. have some that you could just go and yell at some of these people. Like that's that's a, you know a tear in there. There's so many great places on the internet to vent my hatred. I mean, the downvote button on Reddit's my personal favorite. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. You've told us about that. You love downvoting. All right, we're gonna move on to the next question. Anthony asks, "Why is Africa never included in conversations about Western civilization, even though it is located in what is commonly known to be the Western Hemisphere below Europe?" In my opinion, it's basically because white people just basically think they're the center of the world. 
So they're like, hey, we're to the West. So this is the West. And yeah, we don't really care who else is to the West, but we're just going to call ourselves the West. It's kind of like when Columbus got to America, they were like, oh, we're in India. So you're all Indians. And then eventually <laughs> they explained to them, was like, no, nah, man, this is not India. This is, we're not in India. And they're like, no, nah, you're still Indians. You know, like the fucking, I think Louis C.K. talked about that. Basically just yeah. white people make the rules and they believe if it, if it applies to them, then it, it applies to the rest of the world. Okay, so the reason that I thought that, okay, was because of a Buju Banton song back in the day where he is talking about the East is the best and everything. And so I just assumed that it was part of that. I didn't really question it. I don't even know what that is. What, who? Buju Banton? He's a recording artist. From, yeah, uh, reggae artist. My, yeah. Oh, see, I did. I was not aware of this. See, he's you guys in, are teaching I think me he's shit. in prison now, unfortunately. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. What do you think, yeah. Chaz? Uh, I th- yeah, I agree with what you said, man. It's pretty much white people go places, and wherever you at, that's what you are, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. if white people see you in a pool, you become Aqualad. <laughs> and you are Aqualadius because it's water around, <laughs> and that's what this is. You might have a whole nother name for where you are. And they're like, nope, that's that's not the name at all. This is right. what we feel comfortable with. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like there's so many, and I wish I knew more of, about geography, but there's like mountain ranges and mountains, and they're like, oh, this is Mount McKinley now. And I'm like, no, we, we already had a name for that mountain. It's like, nah, it's McKinley. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nah, nah, we thought about it, and uh, we really <laughs> yeah. think it should be McKinley. Yeah, yeah. We could shoot the shit out of you, all right? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I was recently thinking about this on Columbus Day, and... Uh, right, the day that um, Columbus invented America. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. A little, yeah. a little invention. See, that's, and again, this is another one of those things, like, the Western, well, I mean, what they're calling Western civilization, that's all the shit that you get taught in school, but when it comes to everything else, you're gonna have to, like, research that shit yourself. You're like, you're on your own if you want to find out anything else. Yeah. Yeah, I would, and I've just always been terrible with world geography. Like, if if there was a game where the countries were unlabeled on a map, I would get very few of them. (laughs) The only reason I'm good at geography a little bit it's because I watch Game Show Network all the time. <laughs> and they always ask a contestant. That's what make or break a person on a game show. I remember, I don't know, did you guys watch Where in the World is Carmen San Diego when you were kids? Oh, yeah. yeah. I used to watch that shit, and I forget exactly what it was, but I think the final round was they gave you a continent, and then they told either the capital or the name of the country, and you were supposed to put like a little marker on whatever country it was and i just knew like it it was i guess random what continent you had to do but you knew if anybody got africa they were fucked like like that kid is not winning the final prize because nobody knew what the fuck where all these african countries were and she was definitely naked under that trench coat can we all agree on that Uh, i mean i mean i guess that's what you envisioned her yeah I mean, you you live your truth, Ian. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Carmen San Diego is whoever you want her to be. <laughs> I yeah, I just I thought it was two kids under a trench coat. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was just like two little Chinese dudes running around with long hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they keep replacing yeah. the two two Chinese kids because they kept asking for more money. Yeah. And, <laughs> and speaking of Africa and Chinese dudes, it's going to be interesting to see what 
is going on there in 10, 20 years? Because isn't China's pumping a whole lot of money into the continent, right? They, yes, they are buying Africa all up. Oh, no it's shit. It's wild. I didn't, see, I didn't know about that either. Isn't it just an attempt to control natural resources and stuff? Absolutely. It's it's just for the particles and cell phones. And they, Africa's, they think that they have, a, uh, it's, it's rich in oil there too. Yeah. So they're trying to lock that down. And also all the hair supply stores too. So that's what they're trying to keep, trying to keep the yaki in stock. So they're going to get all the horses and <laughs> sell weave to black women. That's how they do it. And trying to, uh, I figured it was, uh, they're trying to get into that vibranium is what they're fucking trying to do, dude. Well, it, it, listen, I was, that's what I was going to say. Pretty soon Africa is really going to look like Wakanda. <laughs> like that's going to happen. Yeah, dude. I mean, it sounded like it. If all that investment is going in there. Mm-hmm. That would be great if Africa just fucking took over and they just named Europe something else. They're like, nah, motherfuckers, no, you're this good. shit. You're like super northern Africa now. They're like, oh, we're Europe. like, nah, nah, you're upper, upper Africa now. Yeah, they just name it. They just name it Nashville. They're like, this is Nashville and yeah. Africa's New York now. Yeah. So that's what happened. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, but we got a name. It's like, nah, motherfucker, we call the shots now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's like some African dudes in robot transformers cutting down trees. <laughs> yeah, dude. All right, our last question of this segment. This comes from Dwayne. He's asked, is there anything you guys take pride in for never doing in your life? And the example he gives us is he's very proud of never having to change a diaper and never having to eat cheap ramen noodles. It's something that he's proud of. I know I've eaten the cheap ramen noodles. I've never changed a diaper, but I've never had to. Fortunately, oh, I've yeah. got one. I've never learned the mysteries of how ladies clean out their snatch after sex. I've never uh, learned that, and I've never done that with uh, them. So it's just a mystery to me. Well, what do you do to your butthole? It's probably. <laughs> <laughs> I think the physics are different because there's a way to expel from one orifice, but another one, it's just more of like a mystery. How is it like a vacuum cleaner gizmo they use? Who knows? <laughs> I would love to see that. So you just you you so you're saying you just love them and leave them. Saying, yeah. I'm saying I'm very proud that I don't know. It's like, it's kind of like whenever certain things girls do and they say you know TMI and you just cover your ears and go la 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 la. I know there's a process where they get clean after the funk happens, but I have no idea what the process is, and I'm very glad I don't know that. Uh, I believe they call it a shower. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I be- yeah. Well, in, in Ian's case, I believe they call it calling 911. So how about you, Bobby? You got anything that you're proud of that you've never had to do? Uh, you know, I probably should have uh, taken the last few minutes to think about that. But, <laughs> but you were too busy yeah, mocking I, Ian. See how that is? Yeah, yeah, you and, learned and a and lesson you know here. I regret nothing. All right, moving on. He's never going to learn from <laughs> To be honest with you, I'm still thinking about it. I don't know if there's anything I'm proud of that I never had to do. It's easier to think about shit that you were proud of that you did do, yeah. but not had to do. Yeah. I don't know. How about you? Can you think of anything, Chesney? I can't think of any, like nothing like that. Because the thing is, okay, I'll say this. There's a lot of shit that I could have potentially regretted that I just got lucky and didn't turn out worse. Because, you know, when I mm-hmm. would go on the road and I would get hammered, you know, once I got hammered after a show, if anybody was like, hey, let's go here, I'd be like, we're going there. I don't know where that is or yeah. how far it is or how I'm getting back. 
But somehow I still always felt like I, I did a show in South Dakota once. It was at a college town, so these chicks wanted to go to a bar afterwards. I'm like, fuck yeah, let's go. And then I lost them. And then I don't know where they were. And I don't know how to get. And then I was so hammered that I was like throwing up. And then some dude was like, hey, buddy, you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm just a comedian I'm from the hotel. And fucking they got me a cab and got me back to the hotel. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, some random good Samaritan did that for me. So there's potentially a lot of stuff that could have gone wrong that I just got fucking lucky and didn't turn out worse than it could have been. Isn't the all-time perfect answer for this question, like, you're happy that you didn't go to jail and have your ass sold to other people for biscuits or something? I think you could stand to take a lesson on jail economics. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, maybe not biscuits. They're not trading in biscuits anymore? Yeah. It's it's just just straight butt now. It just won't butt. No no nothing else. Yeah, you You come in with biscuits. They're going to be like, what are you doing? This ain't the 90s. Show me that booty. Yeah, we'll take double butt. (laughs) Yeah. You can't trade that shit for GTA cocaine or whatever. Like. Nah, nah, they, they want nah. They just want straight butt. They don't even care about the game in there. <laughs> All right, guys, we're gonna move on to our second segment. And decorous news is the segment where we highlight the most important news happening across the United States and all over the world. After you listen to this segment, you will never have to listen to another newscast ever again in your entire life. I'll read the headline here. It says, Oklahoma trying to return $2 million stockpile of hydroxychloroquine. (laughs) The source for this is the frontier. And Bobby, I'll let you start it off. I was just picturing somebody reading that in a British voice, and I would like to think that they say hydroxychloroquine <laughs> over there. I'm, I was just proud of myself that I was able to deliver that shit. I was, I was positive I was going to fuck it up. Yeah. Well, it's one of those ones I only, I think, know how to say it because it was in the news so much for a yeah. long time mm-hmm. there and to bump up some stock prices. But I still <laughs> think I'm going to fuck it up. Uh, in April, Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stitt, who ordered the hydroxychloroquine purchase, defended it by saying that, well, it may not be a useful treatment for the coronavirus, the drug had multiple other uses, and that money will not have gone to waste in any respect. But nearly a year later, the state is trying to offload the drug back to its original supplier, California-based FFF Enterprises Incorporated, a private pharmaceutical wholesaler. A spokesman for the Oklahoma Attorney General said the AG's office was working with the state health department to try to figure out a solution. Yeah. Fuck these guys. The solution is you fucked up. You got caught in a game of musical chairs with right. no chair to sit on. You got to pay for that. Yeah, I don't know how this is even a thing. Because what other business is there where you can be like, ah, I just bought a bunch of this shit. Ah, you know what? I don't want it anymore. Here, take uh, it back. Have you heard of a little company called Costco? What? <laughs> I don't know. What are they? What are they doing? Oh, you're talking about just returning products. Yeah, to they Costco? have a phenomenal return policy. <laughs> Did you? Have you ever bought two million dollars worth of Costco hydroxychloroquine to return? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I really wish my old porn DVD dealer had the same exact kind of policy. That yeah, yeah, that's right. It's like, I don't have any use for this shit anymore. Here, here, fuck it. Just take it back. I mean, no, like, fuck it, you. It was kind of funny, though, because Costco did have, once everybody was like panic buying all that shit at the beginning of the pandemic and you couldn't get 
fucking toilet paper anywhere. They stop taking returns on all that stuff. And good, because, hey, fuck you if you're trying to come in there with your F-450 and unload six pallets of toilet paper that you bought while I couldn't get one pack. Hell yeah. And you know what? This is something you can't do on GTA 5 online. You can't return a bunch of drugs. You have to sell those drugs. I feel like these people just sell the drugs, man. You can't do that. You can't just return that. I like the concept that you're basing the rest of your life on what you can and can't do on GTA 5. It can change my life, Carlos. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Dude, that's a good point, man. I'm sure that happens where somebody gets like a batch of heroin and then they somehow they find out, oh man, this shit's it's all loaded with fentanyl. They're like, well... I'm not going to lose my money. Yeah. What am I What am I going to do? Go sell it. Flush it down the toilet? Yeah. yeah. No. That, have you not heard of the Better Business Bureau, Bobby? You fucking <laughs> report him to the Better Business Bureau. Keep your receipt. Let them know where you yes. got it from. They'll do their part. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Actually, that's... I will say, I did. Ha- I don't know if everybody has a shady uncle, but I definitely have one in my family. And that was his M.O. for a while. He was like, you know, if you just need to make some money, man, just buy a bicycle somewhere and then uh, make sure that they have it at Walmart and then return it at Walmart. And they'll be like, where's the receipt? And they'll be like, I lost it. I'll still refund you that shit. So just take <laughs> money back. That's, that was his M.O. for a while. Just buy shit somewhere else that they have at Walmart, return it at Walmart, get the cash for it. And I'm pretty sure they're hip to that now, but I don't know. Oh, yeah. All right, yeah. Ian, you can do this next one. All right, sure. So Stitt was criticized last year for the $2 million purchase, a move viewed by some as a partisan move to curry favor with conservatives who were defending Trump amid criticism of his own support of the drug. But Stitt defended the purchase at the time by likening it to the race early last year to procure personal protective equipment for Oklahomans, believing it was better to have the hydroxychloroquine stockpile and not need it rather than to later learn the drug was useful but not have it. So it sounds like they were hedging their bet here, and then after the fact, now they're welching on their bet. So maybe yeah. these guys are the real half-Persian greatest comedian of all time. <laughs> right. I, I will say, though, it's just that that's the danger of having a con man as president, is that this guy, I mean, he probably went into that with the best of intentions, and he just bought the guy's bullshit hook, line, and sinker, and uh, you know now he's well, got $2 million worth of hydroxychloroquine. You know how it goes. Well, this is what I'll say is you would hope that a governor would be smart enough to know that Trump was a fucking con man idiot. (laughs) But if you're going to take it all the way back, then you're like, well, he didn't just get hired for that job. He got voted in. So at the end of the day, it is Oklahoma voters fault for voting an idiot that was going to listen to Trump. So I like I don't know where the buck stops, but I still think this guy's a fucking idiot for buying that much shit. Because scientists were saying that shit was not proven to work. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I did hear that there were some doctors that were almost afraid because I guess there were some doctors out there that were literally asking people what their political leanings were before they would (laughs) suggest hydroxychloroquine (laughs) when as a treatment, you know? Because the insurance companies cover it that way. That's how fucking crazy America is, man. You got to ask people what their political leanings are before you can give them fucking scientific medical treatment. Well, that's the danger of it is like, I don't want my doctor to question whether or not they should prescribe me something that could help me or save my life or whatever. To to file a claim with the insurance companies, there's a question that says, 
is your patient stupid? This is just the way they can ask that question by proxy. <laughs> right. right. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's as ridiculous as a doctor. Like, All right, before I tell you what kind of medicine I should give you, are you more into Marvel or DC? Like, what, yeah. what is it? Yeah. You a Nike or Adidas fan? Because yeah, uh, right. <laughs> if you like yeah. Reebok, then we don't need to talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, I'll do yeah. this next one. The state purchased the hydrochloroquine. I knew I was going to fuck it up. There it goes. <laughs> the hydrochloroquine stockpile in early April, days after Trump began to tout it as a treatment. While many acknowledged at the time that reports of the drug's effectiveness were purely anecdotal, Trump said at the briefing at March, what do you have to lose? I feel very good about it. Well, apparently $2 million is what you have to fucking yeah. use. <laughs> I remember that line. That was pretty funny, but it was really sad, though, too, because I forget which condition it was, maybe like lupus or something. There were some diseases out there that do actually use yeah. hydroxychloroquine for well, treatment, and there was yeah. a major shortage because of all the speculative right. purchasing of this stuff. Well, I think one of the uses is to treat malaria, but I think there's other that's stuff, right, too, yeah. that it works for. And, yeah, that's what you have to lose, too. Thank God you didn't think insulin would fix COVID, because then we'd have a bunch of dead diabetics that couldn't get their fucking things. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And the price would probably shoot up beyond $600 a dose or whatever exactly. ridiculous price it's at now. Yeah, well, health officials nationwide immediately began to caution people against using the drug, throwing water on the idea that it could cure a coronavirus infection and cause it could have serious side effects, including irregular heart rhythms and even the possibility of death, which I think is a pretty nasty side effect. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Wait, are think? we talking yeah. like mild cases of death? Yeah, yeah. Just or like, like severe cases of death. death. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, chronic okay. death. <laughs> the, the drug was ultimately discredited as a COVID treatment after being shown to have, quote, no clinical benefit to hospitalized patients. I, I guess it's one of these things, man. It's like... You're always going to find a few cases that are not the norm, but then people cling to that shit like it's absolute proof that something is worth oh, paying yeah. attention to. I mean, it's the same thing with like climate change, where you're always going to find a handful of scientists that are going to be like, no, nah, climate change is a fraud. Yeah, but if you compare that to the thousands of thousands that do think it's a problem, you, then it, have you it, ever it, seen, it's insignificant. Like, have you ever seen faith healers? They just kill the entire congregation and then one of them wins a ten dollar scratch off and you're like yep that was it yeah what Dude, no I, I don't know what wait i don't know what you're talking about what, what I, like, I didn't get yeah the point i just there. laughed but uh okay. I, I was humoring you along <laughs> the same lines like faith healers for example they put their hands on the entire congregation of the church and then one of them wins a scratch off oh, ticket and their guys right. like told you yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Like Bobby Hemet and them dudes. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking about this the other day where you hear people are like, they feel like, oh, I knew something was wrong because, you know, I had a bad feeling and then I got a phone call. It's like, how many times did you have a bad feeling and didn't get a phone call? That's nobody yeah. ever remembers <laughs> all the times. They're like, oh, I thought something was wrong. And then I woke up the next day and everybody was OK. Like nobody remembers that. You just remember the one no. time that you actually fucking hit it. Because if you have that bad feeling and you don't get that call, it's just called anxiety. <laughs> yes, that's right. You wait for that bad. You wait for the call. That's it. That's yeah. right. Just wait for it. That's worse. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's kind of like being a hypochondriac. Eventually, you're going to get sick of something. You know, yeah, like, see, I told you. <laughs> yeah, right. Dude, I've got I, an uncle that does not wear his seatbelt because I think he heard of one person one time that died because they were wearing their seatbelt. And he's like, well, 
no more seatbelts for me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> you know? the only people like that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Bobby, you can do this next one. Right. Stitt wasn't alone in his support of hydroxychloroquine as a treatment for the coronavirus. In August, Representative Justin Humphrey promoted hydroxychloroquine as viable treatment after he had contracted COVID-19. Though the drug had been widely discredited at that point, Humphrey encouraged uh, Oklahomans to, quote, take courage and begin treating COVID with hydroxychloroquine. Now, see, that's fucked up right now because he's basically saying, if you don't do this, you're a coward. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's like, in other words, what he says, like, yeah, stop being such a pussy. Take this hydroxychloroquine, you fucking pussy. Yeah. I mean, it was being pushed like that. The pharmaceutical companies that were selling this, they were like the GameStop of their day. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, that's how fucking retarded America is that not taking a drug that might kill you gets you called a pussy. <laughs> yeah, you want this to dude. Fat. He's like, this dude is almost like Chappelle on that 15-minute special when he was sounding off on the critics who was talking shit about him getting COVID. This dude is doing that about the shot, though. He's like, I took a stand, you cowards, and you're laughing at me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'll let you finish it out there, Bobby. Uh, Humphrey is also known for referring to pregnant women as hosts and uh, he's not wrong and seeking to establish an oklahoma bigfoot hunting season the well-read intellectual man that knows what the fuck's going on basically. yeah so this nobel prize winner is the one that's trying to push hydroxychloroquine wow the math checks out to me he knows what's up <laughs> yeah. yeah bigfoot hunting season this man knows what's up you know yeah. what if you can bring in a few tourism dollars like <laughs> <laughs> by getting people to come in to look for Bigfoot, then. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if he just goes around calling just women hosts in general, not even pregnant women, just women. Just, oh, you have a host with you. <laughs> yeah. I think so. I wonder yeah. if he calls children replicants or something. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> he asks a question out loud, and then she begins to answer, and he's like, I was talking to the parasite. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's two types of women, hosts and hosts in waiting. That's all it is. <laughs> Future hosts. Yeah. All right, we're going to move on to this next news story. The headline is, Nebraska father and daughter begin sexual relationship and marry after being reunited. It comes from the Omaha World Herald is where we got this. This is the first part of the story. It says, according to the daughter's report given to police, she and her dad first made contact approximately three years ago after she asked her mother to put her in touch with the father she never knew. I guess she was feeling horny, so I guess that's why she asked. Yeah. Right? Like, hey, tinder. Yeah, that's right. Incest tinder. Incest tinder, yeah. You just asked your mom what your real father is. That's what incest tinder is. <laughs> so the mother arranged a meeting. That actually kind of makes it sound nefarious. Like, oh, I'm going to arrange this meeting. Yeah. yeah. At, a, at a Motel 6. Yeah. yeah, two cars just like pull up in the desert. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Get out with briefcases. Yeah, she, but the, she's in the briefcases. There's just something to hand in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The mother arranged a meeting, and Travis Fieldgrove and Samantha Kirshner soon entered into what was at first a dull, sexless father daughter relationship. <laughs> but later blossomed into a bonfire of erotic pleasure. Here are 10 tips how to keep your dad horny in the sheets. (laughs) (laughs) Has your relationship with your father lost that fire? 
<laughs> Are you tired of asking who's your daddy? <laughs> All right, Bobby, you can tell us more about it. Unfortunately, neither of them has commented much on how and when the relationship turned romantic and sexual or what kind of sex they had or whether there was any butt stuff, <laughs> but they've admitted that they had sex apparently for the first time on the eve of the 17th anniversary of the September 11th terrorist attacks in New York City in Washington, D.C., masterminded by then leader of Al-Qaeda, Osama bin Laden, and his right-hand man, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed. Then, after having hot father-daughter intercourse, they got married about three weeks later on October 1st. You know, I give these guys a pass. I mean, if they're commemorating well, 9-11... Bin Laden and Khalid Sheikh Mohammed? No, I mean, I'm, <laughs> you, know, I mean, you heard it here first. No, the, the, the father... Are you a truther, uh, Ian? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, welcome to that no-fly list. You know, if, if, if I'm going to give anyone a pass on incest, I think it has to be, you know... You? Commemorate 9-11. a somber moment... Sometimes emotions run high, and sometimes, you know, <laughs> daddy-daughter things happen under the sheets. All right, I will admit that the story just said September 10th, but I am speculating <laughs> that they, it was because it was the eve of September 11th, that's what made them so horny that they were like, we just gotta, we gotta fuck. And then I guess the dad could fuck so good that they ended up getting married like three weeks later. Wow. Yeah, they they now they were watching they were watching that Team America movie and they were like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. she just whipped her breast out. He was like, I'm gonna savage you. It's all about patriotism. Yeah, nothing gets people riled up like fucking marionettes and puppets. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> all right, Ian, you can do this next one. All right, police first spoke to Field Grove in Kirshner about the relationship in September after receiving a tip from the chick's mom. So she knocked them out. God damn it. Yeah, I, I, and that's oh, another part. Like, oh. There's not any more details, or I would have added them. But yeah, I guess the chick was just like, uh, she's getting laid by my guy that I was previously fucking, and she got jealous. So she hooked them up, and then she knocked them out. I wonder if <laughs> yeah, it was like a... Yeah. That's, a, that's entrapment, right? That's entrapment, you know, because... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, they were both sexy as hell, and that was a firecracker getting ready to pop. So anyway, both parties soon admitted that the relationship was hot and heavy, though they each said they initially believed they weren't actually father and daughter at first, so the sex wasn't as hot. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> is really sure if they're lying, but either way, test results show that there was a 99.999% chance that the dad was the daughter's father. So they were in denial at first. They fucked, well, they were like, oh, there's no way we could be related. Ah, oh, this is too hot. Yeah, there's no way of telling if they were really lying, but I mean, come on, man. If you... It, if somebody tells you, like, hey, I think this might be your daughter, are you still going to be like, ah, I don't know. Okay, they're just fucking, I'm going to chance it. People you know will stick to the delusion. Yeah. They, they'll, they'll lie to themselves and say, well, you know, I'm, I'm sexually attracted to this, this broad, so there's no way she's my daughter. It can't be my crotch fruit. Well, you guys tell me this, because I was actually, and again, I was just playing devil's advocate, all right? Apparently, this chick didn't grow up with the dad, all right? She didn't meet the dad till she was, like, 17, 18 or whatever. Now, the thing is, if the mom was attracted to this dude and she didn't grow up with the dude and she is obviously the mother's daughter, don't you think they would have the same type of uh, taste in men? Taste in men. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Right? So, like, wouldn't the dad ultimately be like, oh, yeah, if your mom was into this dude, you would be into that dude as well. 
I mean, is that genetic? I mean, I don't, I don't know if like sexual know. attraction is genetically passed down or if it's. I, like... I, I heard this. I heard a long time ago. There's some name for it that doctors or scientists have named it. That if you grow up with somebody from like little kid, and you know like sisters, and then you can't. You're just not attracted to them sexually. It's just some sort of something that you're just not attracted to somebody that you grew up with. But if you didn't grow up with them, then it's like you just met somebody that you have a lot in common with because you have half their genetic material. So they're almost like half a perfect match with you. I don't know. It's getting weird, but I'm saying it's like there's, <laughs> there's, kind of, there's something there. Listen, all that. Listen, the mama was cock blocking, and that's what happened. She <laughs> she just thought she was gonna work her way back into the daddy's life. She didn't think that the daddy was gonna work his magic on the daughter, and that's what happened. I, I think you just fucking figured it out, Chesney. That's absolutely right. She was trying to get back in with him, yeah. Then she just fucking jumped the line, got in front of her, and then. And she's like, ah, oh, nah, nah, you don't. Yeah, I'm telling on you, bitch. That's what she said. So the two were then arrested after this fucking was found out. And further details quickly came to light. Dielglorov, for one, told authorities that he initially didn't believe he was truly Kirshner's father because his name was not on the birth certificate. He has since said that he regrets the entire affair and feels embarrassed well, his attorney has said that he suffers from a brain injury and is not a, quote, high-functioning person. <laughs> oh, sure. That's well, I mean, come right. on. I think we all could have guessed this shit, right? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, yeah. I can see the point, though, because, I mean, nobody's ever falsified a birth certificate in the history of ever. No one's ever, like, <laughs> lied about who the father was. I mean, that's never happened. I think yeah. it's, it's an interesting yeah. spin here that they're already putting it out there that you're committing incest, fucking your daughter, so then... Instead of just taking the L and trying to keep some dignity, you double down and you're like, I'm retarded, too. I mean, <laughs> that's the way he's trying to get out of it. I mean, that's him. my go to. Yeah, it'd be funny if he just like stands up in court and he was like, no, I am not. <laughs> it's like the Unabomber. No, I'm not crazy at all. I knew what I was doing. She's hot like her mom was in middle school. Look at that tight little ass. Yeah. And then he goes to jail. Well, you know what would be even weirder is like, she looks just like me. How can I not be attracted to her? Look at her. <laughs> He's like, Your Honor, I present yeah. Exhibit A. It's like, like, it's, yeah, it's like me with... <laughs> I'm looking at me with a pussy. How could I not fuck me? It's a dream come true. He's, he, the dad's just looking at the judge like, you might have low self-esteem, but I would definitely <laughs> fuck me. I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's right. He also might be setting up a pretty good defense because the whole thing about being convicted by a jury of your peers, once he sets the bar as low as a retard that commits incest, and that's what he has to basically have on the bench as his peers. Otherwise, he gets a mistrial. Uh, I mean, if only it worked that way, but if unfortunately only. it doesn't. But Ian, you can do this next uh, paragraph. All right. For her part, the daughter initially denied the sexual nature of the relationship to police before finally admitting she fucked her dad. Then she told officers that her motivation to have sex with her father stemmed from a jealous competition with her half-sister regarding who could have sex with their father. This Jeez, is one of those, Jesus. you know, sisters yeah. always want to see who can be first and one-upsmanship, yeah. one I guess. Uh, yeah, but this is what bothers me about the whole fucking thing. That quote, her motivation was 
a competition with her half-sister regarding who could have sex with her father is the only mention there is of that at all. And I'm like, what? <laughs> You're burying the lead. This is what I want to hear about. Yeah, yeah this is the, the story right here. It's kids betting on who's going to bang dad first. That's, <laughs> yes. That's... <laughs> yes, exactly. You know, people are trying to ban kids from reading like Harry Potter and shit. They need to take away those Oedipus books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the whole, like, because when I read this, I was expecting, oh, okay. Here's where the story starts. And no, that's all they say. They just move on to like, yeah, you know how kids, they're always competing about who's going to fuck their parents first. <laughs> just fucking move on. You know fucking how Gen Z's Gen crazy. Z. Yeah, that's right. You know how these uh, TikTok generation is. Yeah. I mean, it's going to make these new sets of Babysitter Club books way more interesting. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's the fuck your dad challenge now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, Bobby, you can close it out. Following the reveal of these details, both faced felony incest charges. The daughter got nine months of probation and time served on a 22-day sentence. The dad pleaded no contest, received a two-year sentence, and was ordered to not contact his daughter upon his release, but he probably will because he's retarded and loves fucking his daughter. <laughs> yeah, you know these motherfuckers never stop, dude. It's like, uh, guys, you remember that, was it Mary Kay Letourneau? Is that what it was? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The one that uh, was fucking her, like, 12-year-old student, and then they got married, and I think they're still married to this day, right? Well, that was the thing, is, like, she was having an affair with the student, and then they were like, okay, don't do that anymore. And then she did, and then she went (laughs) to jail, and then when she got out of jail, they ended up getting married. Which, I mean, I I that's a whole other story, but I'm like... Dude, if if somebody really loves somebody, then fucking, I'm I'm like, yeah, fucking go for it. I don't, I don't, don't, I don't they'll eventually care, age out of they'll, they'll eventually age out of the pedophilia range, and then it's like it's fair game, baby. I will say though, I mean, had the genders been reversed in that scenario, you could only assume that he had fucked her up so bad that somehow he was able to convince her to uh, to be with him later i don't know i mean I no think, well that's I, no i think that's a good point because i was actually kind of gonna mention that with this story because if you notice she only got nine months probation and time served meanwhile the dad got two years so it's mm-hmm. like, and it's like if it's incest isn't like they're both fucking relatives yeah. why is the dude getting more time than the chick yeah that's what i'm that's what we're here to rally against is equality when it comes to incest sentences uh, that's right. <laughs> this is, and this is incest matters bro <laughs> yeah, that's right dude we're taking a stand here tonight <laughs> this is the case study for men's rights right here fellas <laughs> yeah that's right i mean honestly if they didn't grow up with each other i don't even know if it should be a crime you know <laughs> yeah, because it doesn't. Yeah, he 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 didn't. I mean, listen, he never saw her take her first steps. Right. So I mean, he's just trying to help her reach her first orgasm. He's just trying to do his that's, job. That's right. <laughs> yeah. In a sick way. He's just trying to make up for lost time. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Because right now, like, what are you gonna go go play catch? No, yes. learn, learn how to jingle balls. That's what you need to learn how to do. He's like, I'm gonna teach you how to catch this dick. Yeah. You know <laughs> Alright guys, it's time for our next segment. It's Indecorous Deep Dive. We build this show with an educational comedy podcast. We often fall short of the latter, but we always deliver on the former. This week's Deep Dive was written by Bobby. People in this country fantasize about winning the lottery so much that what would you do if you won the lottery has become the go-to cliche question, kind of like 
the pill for hypothetical scenarios, people only tend to focus on the things they'd buy or how the stress of living paycheck to paycheck would be gone. In reality, winning the lottery is probably more like getting swarmed by homeless people at a city gas station. <laughs> Except the guy whose car broke down that your couple of bucks can magically fix has been replaced by the family and friends you've known your whole life. And saying no can destroy those relationships. Tonight, we're going to talk about some of the people who wish they never bought that winning ticket. All right, Ian, you can do this first story. In 1996, a California woman named Denise Rossi won $1.3 million in a state lottery. Instead of informing her husband of 25 years, she saw the cash windfall as startover money and filed for divorce, keeping her lottery win a secret during divorce proceedings. What a bitch. Anyway, when truth came out three years later, a court ruled she had violated state asset disclosure laws and ordered her to pay that little dick motherfucker the entire $1.3 million. Holy shit. He must have lawyered up for realsies. So now I guess she's going to have to take him to court a second time and sue for some alimony or some shit, right? I guess in California they have a thing maybe where it's a punitive thing where anything you intentionally try to shield from distribution, you have to give the entire thing to your spouse? I don't know. Wow. That's probably why uh, all the celebrities are moving out of California because holy shit, that's pretty uh, brutal. Yeah, I've heard that... uh, I think it's like if you're married in for 10 years or more in the state of California, that it could be alimony for life, Dang. regardless of who the breadwinner is. You know what yeah, I mean? That's p- people, know. people forget that the pr- purpose of marriage is it's not from some daydream a little girl's had since she was a child to have that special day. It's really a financial marriage. You're basically linking your financial futures together forever, getting GovCo involved. And, you know, some people would say it's not worth it. <laughs> but, I mean... What I'm going to say is like, all right, fine, that's the law in California, but fuck California. What's the law in San Andreas? You know what I mean? In Grand Theft Auto, this would never play, man. You know, you'd have had to put a hit on her ass to get that bread, man. You know, so it just is how it is out there in GTA streets. This would have never been done. They don't play this shit in fucking San Andreas, dude. Back her like a hooker. (laughs) All right, Bobby, you can do this next story. William Bud Post won $16.2 million in the Pennsylvania Lottery in 1988. Within two weeks of collecting his first annual payment of just under five hundred grand, he had spent all the money and racked up another $500,000 in debt. Post was then sued by his off-and-on girlfriend-slash-landlord for one-third of his winnings, claiming they had agreed to split any winning tickets and his brother unsuccessfully attempted to hire a hitman and have him killed. In 1998, he was arrested on his sailboat for refusing to serve a 6-24 month prison sentence for firing a shotgun at a man who had come to his home to collect a debt. He was also ordered to stay away from his sixth wife after, (laughs) after firing possibly the same shotgun into her Pontiac Firebird that one man described as, quote, pretty sweet. (laughs) Post eventually incurred over a million dollars in debt and was on multiple forms of government assistance when he died in 2006. Yeah, Bud was, this dude was black. I can tell you that off top. His name was Bud. (laughs) I'm not surprised about 500k in debt. I also know he was black because it was a Pontiac Firebird that got shot at. That's how you know is that a black car? That's a black car. It, back in the, it, it, that's a black car, yo. 
thought it was like a redneck. <laughs> no, nah, is man. it not, man? Or, or is there some overlap there? You know what I mean? Listen, black people take a firebird and throw some rams on it. Okay. Just walk okay. out the engine. I mean, Carlos did say it's an educational comedy podcast. <laughs> I just learned something. <laughs> listen, 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 listen. He got sued by his off and on again girlfriend. That's how you know he's black. And his landlord, <laughs> his landlord, this is a black dude. His brother tried to unsuccessfully hire the hitman. That means they know hitmen who suck. <laughs> Ty, he right. called Tyrone, and Tyrone was like, Listen, man, this time I promise you I got you. <laughs> this time, yeah. I owe you from the last one. Yeah, you remember the last time? Listen, I know I shot your grandma in the big toe. I'm making it up this time. <laughs> So I'll do this next one. Evelyn Adams, a clerk in a New Jersey convenience store, won two separate lotteries totaling $5.2 million over a span of four months. Wow. Okay. In 85 and 86. So it seems another one of these things. Like, once I won one, I would be like, all right, I'm out. What are the odds that I'm going to hit another one? But yeah. she fucking was persistent. Making her the only person to beat the astronomical odds of winning not just once, but twice. Adams hated being recognized everywhere she went, losing her privacy and seeing multiple people she had loaned money to, feeling no obligation to repay their debt. <laughs> yeah. She gave away a substantial portion of her winnings, but lost the rest of her money in Atlantic City casinos and a string of unsuccessful business deals. Yeah, I guess that's another thing I didn't think about is that if people owe you money and you hit the lottery, then motherfuckers are just going to be like, ah, come on, man, you don't really need that. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, yeah, exactly. Everybody thinks that they won a little piece of the lottery too. And she was feeling yeah. like, because lightning struck twice for her and she won the lottery twice, she's like invincible, so she just gambles all the rest of it away probably, thinking she's magical. So yeah. I was reading, and apparently she went from spending like $25 a week to $100 a week on lottery tickets, I guess, not long before she hit the first one and then just kept playing. And yeah, she hit one of them, I think was like $3.9 million, and then maybe, yeah, $1.3 million for the other one, which I is mean, just is crazy. I think it's crazy that she kept playing, but also I'm not going to say that that influenced the people not paying her back because I would be like, ah, well, she only won 3.9. But then she <laughs> yeah. won another 2 million. So, okay, now she doesn't need me to pay her back. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not going to give her any more money. She's just going to gamble it away. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> She's just greedy. She's yeah. greedy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was my retirement plan. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can I try to read this next one in like an unsolved mysteries type of voice? Yeah, go for it, bro. <laughs> Abraham Shakespeare won 17 million in 2006 and was immediately overwhelmed by people with their hands out trying to share his good fortune. But he felt unable to say no and even allowed homeless people to stay in his new house. Dorsey Donegan, D.D. Moore, one of... That's a long-ass name. Dorsey Donegan, D.D. Moore. Jesus. I think that's just her nickname in the middle there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, almost like she's, it's like she's in a sitcom or some shit. You know, Dorsey Dee Dee. Monroe. Yeah. One of the people eager to help Shakespeare spend his money shut him twice, buried him behind her house, and poured a concrete slab over his grave. Moore is currently serving a life sentence. This mystery's been solved. <laughs> yeah. Why didn't this person think of uh, just pinning it on the homeless people? I mean, who, who's the cops going to listen to in that situation? 
I mean, I get the feeling that most of these people winning them and the people taking advantage of the people winning them are not the brightest bulbs in the shack. Or I don't know what the fuck the analogy <laughs> is, but you know what I'm saying. It's like they, it's just, it's these just people, a good analogy to fuck up. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, that's pretty good, right? So it's like, all right, you want all this money. You don't know what to do with it. And then there's another bunch of idiots that are going to try to take advantage of you, but they're not smart enough to actually take advantage of you while getting away with it. Now, like, this Abraham seemed like a good enough dude, though. Like, he almost mm-hmm. seems like one of those guys that you almost feel sorry for because he's like, come on, man, it's good to be nice to people, but you got to draw a limit somewhere or they're just going to fucking kill you and put a concrete yeah. slab over you. Yeah, and plus you got to be a piece of shit to shoot a dude named Abraham Shakespeare. Like, you just really just <laughs> yeah. have no soul. That's a strong name. That's the type of guy... If you drop your wallet and he sees you, he'll pick it up and say, here's your wallet, man. And shitty DD shot him. This almost sounds like if somebody that wasn't a very good fiction writer wanted to come up with a name for the nicest guy in the world. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> Abraham Mandela Shakespeare. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Abraham Mandela. To, to answer Ian's question about why she didn't just blame it on the homeless people, because she probably would have had a hard time explaining how they got his body under her house. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, this is why Ian would never make it an Unsolved Mysteries. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So this next one, Billy Bob Harold Jr. thought all of his problems were solved and quit his job after winning $31 million in the Texas lottery. Despite giving a lot of money to charity... Harold was hounded by a seemingly never-ending barrage of people demanding money from him, forcing him to change his phone number multiple times. Between the pressure of his newfound fame and separating from his wife, the stress became too much for him, and he blew his brains out just two years after winning. So this is, this is a scenario where this guy was obviously a people pleaser, so don't be a people pleaser. Learn to say fucking no occasionally, grow some balls, and then, you know, maybe your brain will stay intact. It, it, this is yeah. a thing where... I've thought about this before where, like, why can't these people, why do they have to release the name of these people? But I guess they kind of have to, because otherwise, how do you know that they actually gave the money away? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. it'd be a lot more polite to say some man in such and such place won the lottery. He shall remain anonymous. But they're like, no, it's Mr. John Smith of such and such address. He's the guy. Go fucking bother him. You know? Right, right. I, I mean, but the thing is, like, if you do it that way, then a lot of people are going to be like, well, did they really give the money away? Or are they just saying, no, no, trust us. We gave it to somebody. Yeah, yeah. We, we gave it away every single time to Anonymous. <laughs> yeah, this Anonymous guy is the fucking luckiest man in the world. Yeah. <laughs> I do know sometimes they do let some people keep it on the low. Sometimes they won't tell, like, if a person is, like, old, old, they won't tell if they won. I think so, you're right. I think that varies by state, I Oh, think. okay. Yeah. Some states allow you to be anonymous while claiming the money? Yeah, like, you know how they give you the option of taking it, like, with an annual payout or a one-time payout? They should also give you the option to take an even further reduced payout but you could just do it completely anonymously. Yeah. It's like or 10% of the amount, you know, but or, it's just completely anonymous. Or they could be like, hey, and if you throw us another 20,000 bucks, we'll just say somebody that you hate won it, and then we'll ruin yeah, their life. Yeah, exactly. You get to you get to pin it on who, <laughs> yeah. who you want to have, whose name yeah. you want to be in the paper. <laughs> 
We're going to move on to our last segment of the night. This is Indecorous Laws. Every week or whenever we feel like it, we highlight some of the oddest laws in different states of the United States. Most of these laws were real at some point. Some of them have since been repealed and others are sadly still on the books. Ian, you get the rights to do the first law here. All right. Eavesdropping is illegal. Every person guilty of secretly loitering about any building with no intent to overhear discourse. No, no, with, with intent, with intent. Oh, with intent to overhear discourse therein and to repeat or punish the same. Publish, publish. Oh, and to repeat or publish the same to vex, annoy, or injure others is guilty of a misdemeanor. Right. Huh. So you can't be like a eavesdropper. Like no peeping toms. They don't like people to creep up on your shit trying to check out your hot fucking phone conversations. Well, I think those are different. I mean, no, I know they might be the same to you, Ian, but those are very different laws. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, like you accidentally overhear somebody's conversation while you're looking in their window. You know, how these things I happen. Mean, I'm, I'm down with vexing, annoying, some light peeping, Tomming, but, you know, I don't really go too hardcore on that. <laughs> yeah, what you don't know about this, Chesney, is that Ian lives in a house that has, what is it, like two or three floors, and he can look outside his balcony and watch his neighbor masturbate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude, I mean, like, tr- true story, I've, I've actually uh, run afoul of this very law right here by accident. We have a rooftop, and looking down upon the, the neighbors, you could see right into their bedroom window. And this fucker was, like, going to town on himself with a light on, just, like, in full view of, obviously, maybe he was trying to send me a signal, like, hey, I like to party if you want to come over here and swing, bro. I mean... Or maybe he's just that inept, but I mean, he was killing the clown fucking plain view. <laughs> but more importantly, have you finally fixed that portion of the carpet that's become discolored from all the drool? <laughs> <laughs> drool? I was going to go with jizz on that one, but all right. Oh, it's the two piles are next to each other, Carlos. Yeah, that's they're true. Very, that's... They're different kinds of stains. You got to treat them differently. Well, and, and Don't and ask they, me how I know this. And once they get mixed with each other, it's kind of one of those like chemical bomb type of things. You know, they yeah. got to keep them separate. So it's a good thing you don't live in Oklahoma, Ian. Definitely. Chesney, you want to give this one a shot? In Tulsa, it is illegal to use dead skunks to make glue. Yeah. <laughs> oh, now is this because of the horse lobby? Because I know there's a bunch of fucking horse farmers that have a surplus of horses. So you gotta kill these fuckers. You gotta, gotta, gotta get these guys out of here. You thought the skunks were giving them too much competition in the glue department? This I is making me think that dead skunks just make the absolute best glue in the world. <laughs> right? That's the lesson here. And, the, and that big, big glue doesn't want us to know. Yeah. This is the good shit right here. Yeah. So I want to huff some glue yeah. and get really high as shit. This is the good shit. <laughs> this, is, this is Elmer's best kept secret. Yeah, I, I wasn't even taking it that way about sniffing glue, but I'm glad you did, Ian. So I was like, yeah, if you want to get that. I like party, Carlos. Yeah, I know how to no, get I, down. Yeah. Or maybe Gorilla Glue is made out of skunk. Huh? It's, I thought Gorilla Glue it was like that champagne shit where like if it's not from Gorilla, you can't name it oh, Gorilla yeah, Glue. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or maybe Tulsa's just like ahead of the curve and they were like, we're just going to, we're going to cancel dead skunks because they won't be in space jam yeah they're not and plus pepe Le Pew's not going to be in this new space jam movie so what's the point of letting skunks have anything? <laughs> that's right that's, right that's the only thing tulsa's ever been ahead of the curb for all right guys well that's the end of the podcast guys chesney thank you for doing the podcast my friend no problem man i'm sorry i kept cutting out my internet is just like a bad father. <laughs> just does what it wants to do, shows up. Sometimes it works, but other times I don't hear from it. So, yeah. 
Sometimes it has sex with its daughter. Yeah, sometimes it has sex with other Wi-Fi's. <laughs> <laughs> Wi-Fi swapping. But thanks for doing that pod, dude. And please plug your shit because I was telling you before, like I was following you on Instagram, but for a long time I didn't realize that I was following you because I was like, I'm seeing these videos and I'm like, oh, this is some funny shit. And then it wasn't until later that I realized, oh, this is fucking Chesney making these videos. So what is it? What is it that you're doing online now, man? Yeah, man, I'm I'm doing these. Um, it's almost like I'm like a black version of Daniel Taj. It's like a black Taj point oh. right. I just talk shit behind stupid internet videos, and I've been doing that for a little minute. It's on Instagram, Mister Funny Guy, all one word, lowercase. And you can catch it on there. Okay. Right on, man. And uh, is it the same on YouTube? On YouTube, it's Hood Clip Breakdown. Just like how Daniel Tosh does Clip Breakdown, I went extremely hood and just put Hood Clip Breakdown. Also, I got this thing called Cool Cat coming to my Instagram later this summer. It's going to be like a little sketch superhero show. Right on. All right, Chess. Take care, buddy. All righty, man. I- I'll holler at y'all, man. Be good. Bobby, you got any last words? Perfect. Uh, yep. Perfect. Yep. I think that's how everybody feels in the Suez Canal right now. It's like, man, this <laughs> motherfucker yeah. gotta get the fuck out of the way. Yeah. How do I feel like I'm stuck behind a fucking boat turned sideways in fuck the canal? Yeah, you tell it. That's what I love about you, Bobby. You tell it like it is. <laughs> like a constipated <laughs> motherfucker sitting right Yeah, right somebody right once now. said that about me, and I that's right. still hate that guy. Yeah, and then you shot him in the gas station. Uh, Ian, you got any last words? I, I I do actually. Um, on a similar note, today I learned the origins of the rim job. You guys want to hear how this thing all all started? Yeah, sure. So the origins of the rim job can be traced back to something called Osculum in Fame. It's the name of a witch is a witch's ritual greeting upon meeting uh, meeting Satan. So I'm reading this by the way. So uh. You yeah, mean your tongue yeah. in Satan's ass? Yeah. So, so whenever we a witch tell meets, you were reading it by how much you were interrupting yourself. Yeah. So whenever a witch meets the Prince of Darkness for the first time, upon meeting him, she's supposed to do a special kiss called the Shameful Kiss or the Kiss of Shame, and it involves kissing the devil's anus with her with her mouth. You know. Oh. So according to folklore, this was the kiss that allowed the devil to seduce women, and this was eventually passed on to lesser demons. And men were just going around being like, I'm a, I'm a demon. Go ahead and kiss my ass, bitch. Wait, so that was his opener? And then that, then they were really started to do the dirty stuff after that? Yeah, dude. So, I mean, it, it all started with, I mean, some people say the rim job can be tied back to Caesar, tossing the salad, all that shit. But no, this is the witches and the devil worshippers. They're the proud owners of that salad tossing rim job so, shit. So. Okay, so this was, so you're saying this is the origin of the act, right? Yeah, the origin of the rim job, yep. Okay, well, the thing is, like, I thought you were going to tell us what the origin of the term was. Because oh, that I'm, still I'm... does not explain why you would call it a rim job. Because yeah. Because I, I, I actually wa- have wondered about that. Because when a comic tells a joke and you hear the guy on the drums do the little but drum a, thing. Rim shot, dish, yeah. That's called a rim shot. Yeah, yeah. And it always sounded dirty to me because I always associated with a rim job. Now I can explain the rim shot because what? as a drummer, well, I that's know that's not that... what we asked. Because <laughs> <laughs> as a drummer, you got to lick a lot of ass. So, <laughs> all right. So, so as a drummer, there is something called a rim of a drum. All right. And the drum has the snare drum specifically has this sound to it. Whenever you hit your stick 
instead of being flush on the center of the drum head, you kind of hit the drum rim. It has a slightly different cadence to it. And for whatever reason, it's like a different sound. So a rim shot from a, a drumming standpoint has a different sound than if you hit the snare drum clean. So that's the delineation okay. there and the, that, that kind of stuff. So when it's done with a comic to punctuate the punchline, it is a rim shot. You're doing what you just described. Yeah, it's a different technique. You're trying to hit a little bit of the rim. You're not hitting flush the snare like right in the center. Okay. You're kind of going a little... But it has a little accent to it. So at least we got to the bottom of that, but we still don't know the actual terminology origins of rim job yet. But we can't think witches and Satanists because they're the ones that invented this fine sexual ritual that we all enjoy in our bedrooms to this day. Well, God bless them. God bless everyone. All right, guys. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Check us out online on all our social medias if you want to support us. Monetarily, you can hit us up at themshits.com. Thank you, Bobby, for doing that for us. How do you spell themshits.com? That's T-H-E-M-S-H-I-T-S. Bam, you nailed it, dude. You're fucking good at this shit. Themshits.com, if you want to support us, talk to you next week. Walk your cat. Walk your cat. What do you do to your butthole?